I once sat beside a dying man. His sunken face labored to talk, and most of what he was saying I couldn't really hear. However, these whispers soon started to clarify, and the words became more pronounced. His gaze shifted past everyone in the room and into a place none of us could actually see. He began to talk about cliffs and rocks and, and men. I squinted in confusion and looked at the nurse in the room as if to say, what the hell is he talking about? She gave me a half-hearted smile, and before she could speak, my aunt looked at me and said, he's back in the war. Out of respect, that's as far as I'll go with that story, but there is a reason to why I tell it. That reason was in no way clear to me at the time, and I'm ashamed to say that that story, apart from just simply remembering it, has never really meant a lot to me. Until recently, that is. Every day I think about that story now. I think about what would make a young man willing to get on a train or a bus and travel across this huge country of ours to step into a human meat grinder? What made our young men and women leave everything behind them to go fight for something that at the time might as well have been on another planet? What allowed their parents to send their children off to war that had a far greater chance of killing them than to return them home safely? I ask myself, what event is so impactful that even after 60 plus years, a man lies on his deathbed and can see the images that were happening in that moment like they were just here yesterday? You see, the answers to all these questions I have not found because I've never asked. And now I sit here today in disbelief that I could be so foolish not to ask. And even moreover, I see hundreds of peoples of every day, both in person and online, not asking themselves either. Instead, I see people consumed by anger and fear. I see people consumed by hatred for people they call neighbors, by people they call friends, and by people they call family. I see people so emotional, they cannot even listen to each other to come up with a solution to alleviate this fear and anger. We just simply stay pissed off and stay angry and stay unconscious. And while we protest and while we scream at each other from the safety of our social media platform, while we clinch our fists and yell to the sky, why the fuck don't these people understand? A potential evil lurks in the shadows. An evil that feeds on this anger, this fear, and this hatred. An evil that waits for us to weaken. And once it sees the opportunity, it will pounce, and it will not miss. You see this evil in what this dying man went to fight. The evil was so powerful that a young man traveled across the world to fight and potentially die to solve this evil. And he realized that the potential sacrifice of that life was a better option than to be ruled by that evil. And at the time, 
they were asking themselves, how could have this happened? Well, in hindsight, we can see exactly how it happened. It happened because ordinary people like you and me were manipulated to be angry, to be fearful, and to hate their neighbors. They were manipulated, manipulated to think that the removal of their freedom was for their safety. And that death oftentimes became necessary. They were led by their leaders that followed ideology over democracy and led their citizens into hell. Now, there is a good chance you think I'm crazy, and maybe you're not wrong, but no matter what we do as a democratic society, one thing needs to be at the forefront of all of our decisions. Freedom. Because far too much blood has been spilled in the name of this freedom to simply throw it out because we feel angry or scared. I feel obligated to spread this message to all that may not see it for what it potentially is. I feel obligated to the man, well, even as he lied dying, recalled fighting for that same freedom some 60 plus years ago. I feel obligated to this man because he was my grandfather. And today on the War on Weakness, we discuss how we need to find a solution to our differences before a solution is found for us. Because history is not kind in showing us what happens when evil provides the solutions. Weakness Studio. It's been a little bit of a break because we've both got a, a lot of things on the go and, and had to deal with some other other pressures of life. But what we're talking about today, maybe it's multifaceted where it's, it's intertwining uh, COVID, government restrictions, personal rights and freedoms, learning to think for ourselves, stopping making decisions based on emotions and Facebook feeds. It's maybe all encompassing and, and I think that's where we're at. So Tanner, am I, am I missing anything? Nope. Um... Yeah, a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in the last, um, what would you say, two months for me personally, this is my kind of take on this, is I've, unfortunately, I feel like I've ruined a lot of people's days um, in having conversations with people, and a lot of them, <laughs> like, a lot and it's disturbing because all I've been saying to people is, you know, the, the common answer that, or the common thing that will come up in a conversation, that COVID's the only thing anybody talks about. Mm-hmm. COVID and government, that's it. Because that's all we have right now to talk about. You can't talk about your kids' hockey because you're not allowed to go to kids' hockey. You're not allowed to talk to you about gym stuff. You're not allowed to talk about anything because there's nothing going on. So... All we talk about is COVID and government restrictions and face masks and blah, blah, vaccines. 
Um, and uh, in, in conversations, the number one thing that, you know, and I, I'm trying not to go down the, the dark path with it, but I can't help it. I'm a dark dude. Um, but the one thing that people always say to me is, well, or that I hear, because they don't say it to me, but what they're saying in these conversations is, I just don't understand. It just doesn't make sense. And that usually is a, what I've used as a opportunity to say, well, it actually makes perfect sense if you stop looking at it for what you're being sold and start looking at it for maybe what it is, right? Like, <clears throat> um, if a problem never, if a problem doesn't make sense to you, or if, if uh, something doesn't make sense, sometimes you're looking at it too closely, and you need to back up and look at it for. Maybe it's something, maybe the thing that doesn't make sense makes perfect sense in a bigger plan. You know what I mean? No, I'm not saying that the COVID will end up in people in camps getting gassed, because that's kind of what we're going to go down today. That, that's the part where you've ruined a lot of people's yeah. lives? Yeah. But when I explained that potential, they've never thought about it, ever. I said, like, I said, I'm not saying that we're doomed to go down that road. What I'm saying is the platform is perfect for people of power to go down that road if they wanted to. I don't have a lot of proof to say they wouldn't want to. I think they would. Um, but that's up by, that's my opinion. And I don't want people to paint this conversation with something that's my opinion, but I just want us to look at some truth, look at some history because that's what I've said to people in these conversations is let's not look at what you're listening to today because none of that's true. I don't think. I don't think anybody has a fucking clue what's going on because mm -hmm. I think media is telling you what you need to hear. Um, so I just look at it and say, what do we know for sure? History. Yeah. History we know, not for sure, but we know, you know, we can get pretty close. Right? Like, if, if we could go back and look at this situation in 10 years, we're going to know way more about this in 10 years than we do sitting in the emotion of it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you're doing. And, and doing this podcast, it's, it's my daughter's in the studio today, and, and uh, we're talking away. And what, what it's helped me to do is to pause and think. Because I think if, if, if we both deny that we are emotional, you know, we're social creatures and we're affected by emotion. You know, but yet a lot of our, our decisions can be really jaded if we make them 100% by emotion. You know, we, we, get, we should be getting down to fact. And by going up a level or two and saying, this is things that have happened in history before. These are, these are societies or civilizations that had really, really beautiful outcomes, and these ones that had <laughs> disastrous outcomes. And the reality of it is we could be heading towards either one. We might be on our path to getting better, and we might be on our path to a, a decline to de mass destruction. And I think that's fair tenor. Maybe we could start by saying this too, is that, again, you and I are just two normal dudes trying to just reason through some of this. Uh, um, or, or one of our next podcasts, I mean, we're going to be reaching out to a constitutional lawyer to, to bring in some more specialists into this type of a debate. But we're just two people who have just tried to, you know, we're not historians, we're not uh, disease experts, we're not uh, vaccination re researchers. So if any of our listeners, if, if we see anything wrong or there's anything we, we misquote facts are perfect. We've started a debate. Absolutely. We're open to be changed. We're open to, we're, we're as guilty as anybody else if we're hardened in our opinions and we are not willing to change based on fact, right? So, so we can open that. And to me, Tanner, do you, would you agree that 
right now is, is that it, on the COVID government restrictions vaccinations is that we're being f- forced? No, I don't believe in being forced. We're choosing as individuals to jump into a camp, a lot of us. Camp A or Camp B, right? Uh, camp A is, is the, you 100% believe that COVID is real, it's disastrous, we need vaccinations, we need government lockdowns, and anybody that doesn't obey everything the government tells you to do, you know, you're just being selfish. And Camp B is, is the very opposite. That is, this is the government coming in to control us and, and run us, and, and we're running to these, these extremes, and, and I think, you and I both watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, a must watch. Oh, no, I have. You haven't watched I it. I haven't, no. Okay. The Social Dilemma, if anybody hasn't watched it, it's, it's, I believe it to be a must watch, is it, it, it talks about how social media figures out who you are and, and then uses algorithms to start to predict your belief system and then feeds you what you want to, to believe and then further compounding a confirmation bias that if you believe that the earth is flat and you type in I bl- the earth is flat and you watch two or three videos on the earth is flat before you know it everything's being fed to you about the earth being flat and fast forward 250 uh, uh, videos later you are 100% certain that the earth is flat and vice versa so I think that's very dangerous for for us Tanner and um, I kind of look at it that we've, we've got a, a couple options here is that we, we can all decide to 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 run into one of those camps, or we can say, what if there's another option? What, what if we can say the responsibility to think and to reason is on your shoulders, it's on my shoulders, it's on each of our, our, us as an individual's shoulders to stop the emotion, don't run into a camp, and, le- and let's, let's think. And let's use some love and care and compassion, you know, because we, this doesn't need to end in a war. It doesn't need to end in, in, in guns being drawn. Right, we, there is another option. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think one of the first podcasts we did, I said something. I didn't really think about it, me saying it, but it's been brought up a lot by people, and they're like, "Wow, um, they, you know, it, it took a few people back." And what I said was, "When you are angry, you are the weakest you can possibly be," and. <clears throat> I think then I said, you know, you might feel physically strong because of adrenaline. And because honestly, anger itself has this weird therapeutic nature of making you feel like you're doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but you're fucking not. Mm-hmm. If you're angry or fearful, you can't think straight. I'm the same way. I, I, I'll get on, I'll f- screw up and go on social media for, yeah. you know, 40 seconds too long. Yeah. And I'm angry because I'm like, you idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what I'm mad at is people mad at each other. Like yeah. you'll get some, you know, 45 year old housewife that's like, I wear this mask to protect you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't. You wear it because you're scared of the government. And be- then you get the other guy, the, you know, the guy, some oil field worker. That's like, fuck you, bitch. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're going to get us all killed and fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And then she retaliates and then they just go into a f- wormhole. And like, this doesn't, you, you two people as individuals angry are in- insignificant in this argument. You're just m- mentally masturbating to the goddamn anger that you're stuck in. And mm-hmm. you think you matter, but your anger doesn't matter. Your actions do, 
but your anger doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like some guy at the bar that wants to fight you. As long as he's yelling at you, he's not fighting you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm mad. I'm yeah. going to beat you up. Okay, cool. Like, let's do this then. Well, you know, no intention. Mm-hmm. Just likes to scream and holler and feel important because he's mad. That's what everybody's doing. And they're playing right into this plan, I think, or maybe it's not a plan, but they're playing right into what divides us. And as long as we can't communicate with each other, the both sides, then we're, we, we expose ourselves to be controlled by somebody in the middle. And that person in the middle, I don't mean somebody with a neutral stance. I mean somebody that is like, huh, too weak, you know, divide and conquer has been around forever. And you, it's hard to say, it'd be hard to justify that the media isn't trying to do that because they are. They 100% are. So, like I said, if we look at fa- what do we know for sure, we know that. We know the media isn't telling you the truth. I don't know a single person out there that would agree that the media is telling you the truth. They're telling you what you need to hear for whatever reason, right? That's what, I mean, in a way, they've always done that. Or are they feeding us what we want to eat? It's well, like, exactly, is, yeah. the, is McDonald's forcing us to eat their crap food or, or, or are we eating it because we chose to drive through that drive through and, and slaughter debit card for nine bucks? You know, like, it's interesting, I, I'm, as, as you talk, and we're probably both right, is that there are people in positions of power uh, uh, with with uh, uh, businesses that stand to, to make a lot of money off of the way we we choose to steer this thing, so uh, yeah, there's gonna and there's gonna be lobbyists and government influence and corruption sh- for sure. I, I'm naive if I don't agree to that, but I'm also of the other that that maybe society moves the way that society chooses to move, and we're a part of society, so a lot of this responsibility sits on our our shoulders as people. Like you know, like it, we're gonna get into it, but. The, the communistic regimes that, that ended up in millions and millions of people dying, they, they chose to let that occur. They could have stood up as a people and stopped that, you know, you know mm-hmm. it, they, but, they, but they didn't know that they were moving in that direction. They had no idea. We've seen studies come out about World War II and the Nazis. Every German wasn't some evil monster that, that wanted to slay the, the Jews. Not a chance. They had no idea what was going on. They had no a idea. Lot of them. Right? And so a lot you, of them. So, but at the same time, if they knew, if they knew, you know, maybe the masses could have stood up and said, we're not going in that direction. We're not okay with this. I mean, they would have sure at they the start. Yeah. I so mean, it, and that's where we're at right now so is we're at the start yes. of this. And you use, I have a, a, a thing I'm going to read about that here in a bit, but the Nazi Germany, as far as propaganda goes, mm-hmm. are, there isn't a better, there isn't a better example out there of people tricking, of a government tricking the population. And that's the thing, too, Ken, is when we're talking, when I'm talking to people <clears throat> in the streets, if you want to say that, um, sure wouldn't be in my own house anymore. Uh, but if you're talking to somebody in the streets, it's, um, I bring up a lot of hi- historical fact. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people don't know what I'm talking about, it's fucking disturbing is what it is. It's it's disturbing because these are lessons that were learned in so much blood that you can't even fucking fathom what it is. And we're so far detached from war and from what it takes to stop these things once they start. We're so far detached. We're worried about 
fucking PlayStations and Wi-Fi and what gender you are and what the fuck that we're worried about this. And we've forgot about what war is and why they're fought and the blood that it takes to stop people that get this kind of power. And so when you look at the Nazis, man, a lot of Germany didn't even know there was concentration camps. They thought that they were detainment camps for bad people, mm-hmm. right? The war had just got started. There was, you know, Hitler had sold them this beautiful concept, which is not unlike the beautiful concept that we're getting sold currently on the backside of COVID, which is a beautiful platform for socialism and communism. Um, and he manipulated the people into allowing him to kill, what, 10 million Jews, I think, whatever the numbers are. I mean, when you got a number that big, who the f- like... It's bad. It's bad. Um, and then that's not to say all the people that he killed that were trying to stop him from doing that. Um, so, but why did he do it? Because he could. Because the people allowed it. Because they didn't know what was going on. And we don't know what's going on right now. So historically, if you want to draw a comparison to then to now, it's identical. You know, he sold, he got his people to turn on each other, right? So if you had a Jewish neighbor and you didn't throw him under the bus, right, you were in trouble. Your family is in trouble. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Right? If, you know, if they did go to the camps, so to speak, you were told that it was for the safety of Germany, it's for your safety. That was the German slogan. Hmm, that sounds familiar, right? These camps that they sent people to were sold as, you know, humane places where, you know, they could go and, and, and detain these people peacefully. And that. No, they were fucking gassing them. They were digging holes. They were standing mothers on the edge of the holes that the mothers just dug and shooting their baby in the head and then them in the head and kicking them in the fucking hole. That's where these things go. But yet nobody wants to look at that. Everybody's like, oh, shit. I never even thought of that when I talked to them. It's like, I asked, dude, what's a gulag? Mm -hmm. They're like, "Uh, I have no idea. It's like, holy shit, we're fucked. Right, and so there we go. I, I think the onus is on us. Like, just because we were comfortable yesterday and had food in our fridge doesn't mean we'll be comfortable tomorrow and have food in our fridge. We have short memories. Me included, Tanner. I'm going to throw myself. I need to do a lot more reading, you know, and understanding this. And as a society is, is I like what you said is that, Ken, uh, and I've had a tough time too. The COVID thing has got into my oh, head. Man. You know, it's, it's, it's um, I'm not usually a stressed out person and I usually can reason my way through. And it's, I'm just, I'm just, I've just had it, you know. And, and I like what you said is, Ken, we should have a podcast where we just, state that we don't know if COVID's real or unreal or if it's going to wipe out half the population or it's completely fabricated. We don't know. Like, you don't know. I don't know. Neither one of us are specialists in this area. But I think, like, what do we know? Like, let's get down to some fact. Because like, yep. I think that, as you say, people, we, refer, we don't know our history. I, uh, it's my opinion as well. I, I teach at college, I, and, and I've seen myself as well, is we're losing the ability to critically think. To, to analyze, it's, it's, it's getting more We're and more... We're giving based. up our ability yeah, to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. I, you know. is now it's like you're short of time, so you just jump on your Facebook feed, see a couple articles, tap on them, there, you know, you, you, yeah. think, you think you know. And to me, what I see a lot of people is saying, listen, COVID's real, just follow the science, right? <laughs> you know, and to me, that's a statement of saying, 
I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. just trust me because if I throw the word science behind it, then it, then therefore it's truth. So shut up because you're uneducated and you're stupid and you're ignorant. <laughs> oh, right. All you got to do is put it on a meme. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking science. Oh, there you go. If it's written on a if it's written yeah. on something you can make in three minutes on an app, then fuck it must be yeah. true. It's peer reviewed and it's in the journal oh, of memes man, now. This right? fuck or in the uh, archive. Jesus. But like I, I think we gotta remember is that science changes and, and and it's based on fact and reasoning. You know, uh, uh, let's wind back in time just a little bit. Sometimes we can look at some of these things by going backwards and saying, What it feel like they used to think that the earth was the center of the universe. Right, you know, and that was the science, and you were just an idiot if you just didn't follow the science. Yeah. Right, along comes Mr. Galileo, right, mm-hmm. and uh, he says, "No, that's wrong. Actually, the, these planets we rotate around the sun. Sorry, folks, Earth ain't the middle." Yeah, and he got jailed. Like he was, he was under house arrest for the for the rest of his life, I believe. Well, he was it him that. Oh, no, that's Copernicus. Yeah, but it's Copernicus. He died, yeah, he yeah. died on his deathbed. He told everybody what he knew on his deathbed because he knew oh, if he said it alive, that. he would have got killed. Ah, yeah, and Galileo yeah. was following com- yeah, co- the Copernican revolution yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. So, yeah, he knew. He, he had figured out what he figured was happening. Yeah. And then on his deathbed, essentially, I mean, I mean, fuck, this is a long time ago, but this was kind of the, the, the myth behind it, the story behind it, the legends, is that he said, you know, here's what I figured out. Yes, Take it for what you will, but if I would have said it alive, you would have killed me. Yes. And, and so I think it, if we go back in time, prior to Galileo and Copernicus, you would have been stupid and educated to not believe that the Earth was the center of the universe. Sounds ridiculous now, right? Well, even if you went back now with proof, yes. they would have been like, shut the fuck up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you know, like if you went back right now, you could take your cell phone and a map of everything and say, here, this is the way it works. They'd be like, kill this guy. Right. And and so you know? to me, we're a little bit like that right now. Is that Absolutely. If you are saying that COVID's 100% real, it's going to wipe us out and it just follow the science, you idiot. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I'm going to take the position that you're the idiot. Right. And and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If, if you say this is completely fabricated, there is no such thing as COVID. It has not killed anybody. Sorry, man, I'm not agreeing with you either. Nope. Right? And so stop with the, the, I followed a Facebook post and you got a bachelor's degree in science of some kind and therefore you're qualified to tell everybody else that they're stupid and, and you're, you're the smart <laughs> one, right? It's not the way it works. No. Second thing that came to mind is I'm, I'm, I was thinking today is preparing, is that what, what our scientific reasoning, like our method of how we're able to do a lot of what we've done, like we're, we're in a pretty good place right now. You know, I know it's kind of shitty right now, but... Well, it might be the best day we ever... Every day might be the best day we ever had. We've learned a so. lot, right? And to me, one of the, the uh, main influences, I believe, somebody else can correct me if I'm wrong, in, in learning to think with a scientific mind is, is Rene Descartes. You know, I wrote, wrote down, like, he was in the late 1600s, and he, uh, he's in the Galileo type of category of smart people that yep. influence us to move in the right direction. He's, he gave uh, um, suggestions like this. Accept nothing is true that is not self-evident. Avoid haste and prejudice in your judgments. Recheck your reasoning. Make decisions on the evidence, on the best evidence. Always seek truth. Okay. When I read those, I don't see anywhere in there. But if you don't want to do those and you still want to make a good decision, use emotion and Facebook. Right? We're, we're walking away from Descartes. Yeah. So now I think we should get down to what is the evidence? What is the truth? Right? You know, and, and to me... I see very, very contradictory evidence on both sides, which is leading to the confusion. But sorry, can't be and can't be. I'm not with either one of you. For example, 
uh, we have uh, the the pro lockdowns pro government restrictions, right? We have our premiers, we have uh, our medical doctors, uh, you know, Scott Moe and uh, Kenny in, in Alberta. We have uh, Dina Henshaw, I think it is, and Teresa Tam. These are all people that are, you know, oh sure, some of you can say there's all politicians are stupid and all, all everybody's saying it's stupid, but but those are people that they're faced with a tough decision. It's the premiers aren't walking an easy path right now, you know. Well, uh, yeah. But like my point is, is that if you're trying to get votes, if all your life depends on is your popularity, then yeah, oh that, sure, that'd be tough. Sure, yeah. but I I just don't buy for a second that every every political leader on po- planet Earth right now is is in some kind of a secret society to where they're all all running this according to a game plan that they've all prearranged. I just don't buy that. It's okay. too many people. Uh, uh, I do believe that there might be main influencers uh, in the world that are stand to make a lot of money off this that could be influencing governments or influencing world health organizations or that but point being that and, and they're coming up with the statistics unless they're completely lying about it you know if you go through and what's the no- most recent number the number is we have 596 covid deaths in alberta uh, another one there's a an article that came out I'm, I'm sorry i don't have it in front of me you know but we can see a graph that shows covid yeah. infections according to how they're yeah. testing if we believe the testing we mm-hmm. believe the statistics it looks like covid is is increasing right you know that seems like the truth on the other side of this coin is uh, something called, uh, I don't know, if, I'm surprised how many people I've mentioned it to that have no idea that this exists. It's something called the Great uh, Barrington Declaration. And it's a group of doctors that have come together that have said, listen, folks, lockdowns aren't the way to go. These are going to cause a lot more harm than good. Mm-hmm. People that are on that side that wrote this, just Google the Great Barrington Declaration. It's not sneaky. It's not hidden. It's not you know, some left wing or right wing or like uh, the, the authors of this are Dr. Martin Kuldorf, who's a professor of medicine and epidemiologist from Harvard University. Dr. Sinatra Gupta, who's an epidemiologist with expert in immunology, vaccine development, mathematical model, modeling. She's from Oxford University. Uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, Stanford University Medi- Medi- Medical School. They came together and probably risked their careers to mm-hmm. sign a paper that said, we need to stop the lockdowns. This is going to cause a lot of harm. It's going to it's going to lead to lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, deteriorating mental health. Uh, um, it's going to uh, uh, significantly harm the poor, right? The, yeah. they're, they're going. Well, they've taken the biggest. People that didn't have money got crushed. Exactly. Over this this is way bigger than than folk. Uh, just what's the number of COVID cases That's today? What, and and right? and the other number I would like to know is how many people have died from. COVID and how many people have died with COVID? Hundred percent. Give you, me man. that number. Hundred percent. Because I mean, exactly. This, this Great Barrington Declaration was also signed by six thousand additional. I believe it was six thousand additional doctors who have signed on. In, I would say with risk, because that's not the popular oh, opinion right think, now to put yeah. your name on this side of the table. Uh, one of them, I, I've got a quote here, uh, Anne Janvier, a uh, PhD from uh, University of Montreal here in Canada. She's quoted as saying, it's not science that seems to be leading what's going on with COVID. It's public opinion and politics. Right? So you got something like this. This, So folks, this science isn't settled. You you have people that are, uh, I, I'm going to argue some of them care about us. You know, I, I, I don't believe that every premier is trying to harm their citizens. No, I think they're just lost. Maybe. I think they're just in an emotional whirlwind. Sure, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I, I feel I for I would them. be if I was one of them. So to me, th- this this isn't... When you put those names and those people with those credentials on, on either side saying, one is, we got to lock this baby down, and one is saying, we can't lock this down. Yeah. Tells me, can't be, can't be. This isn't settled. This isn't running Rene Descartes uh, mm-hmm. or, or the Galileo type of thinking. This is emotional. All right? emotional. If you're going to jump yeah. into A or B. Yeah. 
100%. You agree? Oh, no. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, it's all perspective and it's all relative. And I think we haven't had many non-emotional thoughts in the last 85 years. Mm-hmm. I think that... <clears throat> um, What's the dude you always talk about where it's like, uh, is it that the seam Taleb or whatever? Oh, the seam Taleb. Yeah. Cool dude. Okay, so yeah. <clears throat> human, Often. so everything on this planet, not everything, but everything that is like us, requires a certain amount of strife and stress for it to be useful. Like productive. Like, oh, like, you're talking. Yeah. I think you're anti fragility. I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's so, yeah. Um, but what I'm saying with this is uh, where I'm getting with it is we don't really have that. All of our stress and every all of our pain nowadays is emotional. It's all mm-hmm. emotional. Everything in this world is fucking emotional. That's it. You know what I mean? I own a gym. Mm-hmm. Do you think most people come in here, and I mean, they can lie all they want, but most people come in here because they're like, well, I just want to be physically fit and strong. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, or you just want to feel better about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you're not coming in here to go fucking slay dragons. Mm-hmm. You're coming in here so when you look in the mirror, you don't feel like punching yourself in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so let's let, like, like I said, that for me, let's stop pretending for a while until we get through this COVID thing. Like, let's stop pretending. Let's just say, okay, what are we looking at here? Yeah. Right? The human immune system requires a certain amount of, um, stress for it to operate properly so isolating people probably not the best idea if you follow that thing right right so are you making things worse and not only that you isolate people for six months or whatever it was turn them out in november and say here don't go get sick and then when they do get sick they're like oh covid 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 were they covid i don't know i'm not a freaking doctor all i know though as a fact is that if your immune system doesn't get used it starts to deteriorate or it gets weak. You're bang on the antifragile. We know that. This is scientific proof. This has been proven. And so is isolating people going to help their immune systems? No. What will help people's immune system? Exercise, healthy eating, all these things. Social interactions. Right. Okay, so think about it. Vitamin D. Mental health. Okay, so vitamin, let's just use those three. Vitamin D, which comes from the sun, if people don't know. (sighs) Uh, physical exercise will help your immune system, and so will healthy eating. Okay, so you're stuck in your house all day, no vitamin D. You can't go to a gym because you're going to die if you go to a gym, or you're going to kill my grandma if you go to a gym, and you're stuck on skip the dishes because you can't go to a fucking grocery store. And you're mentally stressed because you lost your job and your two two mortgage payments back. So that's going to help our immune system that's trying to fight this thing? Probably not. That, I mean, if anybody wants to defend that I'm wrong on that stance, feel free. We're not hard to find. Because I would love to hear somebody with factual information tell me that those three or four things aren't crucial to you having a healthy immune system. If you can prove me wrong on that, I'm always here. Let's go. Let's figure this out. Because that, to me, is a fact. So so we're going against everything that seems to make sense. And that's like... So let's look at this. Okay, so the COVID, I don't see a stack of bodies anywhere. You know, you look at like bubonic plague, Spanish flu, stacks of bodies everywhere. I don't see those. see a lot of people that have died from COVID-related whatever. Okay, cool. I've never seen one of them. 
I'm assuming, you know, by the emotion that I see on the Facebook that there is people that have been, you know, but again, too, you also got to look what is fact is that when a family member dies, you typically want to find out why so that you can be emotionally angry at what killed them, right? Well, them having type 2 diabetes and being 500 pounds isn't nearly as sexy as saying, well, they died of COVID, right? It's like, well, why don't we just take care of ourselves, take care of our immune systems, use our brains just a little bit and try to find out what is, you know, Mother Nature's way to get rid of this. But instead, we're like, no, we're going to sit in our houses for a year and not look at anybody and not communicate, not do anything. And then the government's going to give us a vaccine and then everything's going to go back to normal. Hmm. I don't know if I like that idea myself, but... No, I, I, I'm with you. And the uh, it is a different mindset, isn't it? Our, our family, to- I think you've mentioned to me before, you're not scared of COVID. And that I'm not scared of it? Yeah. No, I, I'm not. No. And, and I think there is a different mindset of saying, I'm either going to hide and wait for the government to figure this out for me, or I got to do some thinking on my own. So I did a lot of research on the immune system, you know, as we were coming in, because I was worried. My wife was pregnant at the time when we were getting ready to, to have our sixth child. And... Uh, so I did a bunch of research on immune system. You know, we, we made sure we, we've got zinc and, uh, uh, you know, uh, healthy foods. We cut sugar out. We, we kept exercising. We got vitamin D in our systems, and we take vitamin D pills. And, and so we thought, you know what, let's, let's, let's get ready to put up the uh, defenses, right? right? Uh, um, and, and so uh, to me, going back to Nassim Taleb again, obviously I think highly of the guy. you gotta re- got to read his books. He's, some, they get a little bit complicated at times, but some of it's over my head, but his, his uh, book, Skin in the Game, he says something effective, careful taking advice from people because if they're giving you advice on, on to how to live your life or decisions you should make and they either A, stand to profit from that decision, like if you mm. make it, or B, they don't stand to lose, right? Right. And, and, and so to me, this, this is our government. They're just doing the best they can, you know. But, but the do, government? Do, well, sure. Like, do, do we really think... Like, if you're the premier, you're just trying to do the best you can. They like votes. I would believe that most people want to be seen as a hero, want to be seen as somebody that helped. Mm-hmm. But if they bet this wrong, what do they lose personally? Nothing. Maybe a little bit of reputation. Nothing. You know, but t- t- 15 years from now, we'll be on to the next problem. So, we, we, right? So my, where I'm going is that, is that the onus is on me to figure this out. i got to make the best decision I can for me and my family. That's where I, this needs to start. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's wise for us to say, Let's just hide in our basements and wait till the government figures this out for us. No, no, we are the government. We need to get factual and we need to get smart. We need to debate. We need to have people on each side of this table. They're saying, this is bad, man. COVID's bad and here's why. And somebody else said, well, I disagree with you on that, but I do agree with you on that point. Yep. You know, and that's where we need to get back to. Is you no know, other facts that I think you know, they called it democracy the last time, like a million <laughs> sure billion we're people getting into, died trying to defend it. Hey, that's where we're going is charter rights and freedoms, right? Yeah. It, it, and how we got here. But some, some th- thoughts that come to my mind when I'm looking at facts, you know, is one is that, that uh, uh, article, you know, I found it here, uh, December 5th article, so very recent. There are 6,900 6, active cases in Calgary, 87 active cases in Edmonton. They're going up. Mm. Uh, this article from CBC. Right? Yeah, yeah which... Is, yeah, but they're, they're good. Yeah, sure. that's CBC. Yeah, we all have our feelings on CBC, but there's, they, they report that the d- disease center in Calgary uh, says suicide-related calls, texts, and chats were up 66% in October compared to the same month in, in, two, in 2019. So to me, I, I believe that COVID cases are rising. I believe that COVID suicide... testing is definitely rising. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah, it, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that stat that that yep. calls to suicide and depression helplines are are increasing. Um, another interesting one they said is uh, this is a CTV, CTV article from December fourth. Uh, provincial data shows about five percent of Alberta's 575 deaths due to the disease. Uh, sorry, they're saying uh, out of the 575 deaths due to the to the, uh, um, due to COVID had one comor- comorbidity. Sorry, where am I going? Yeah, minimum Sorry. of one comorbidity. 98% yeah. had yeah. a minimum of one. Absolutely. 98% of COVID deaths yeah. had a minimum of, of one one or more comorbidity. And comorbidity is, is cancer, diabetes. Uh, I don't remember. They had a whole list of, of, of other health issues. Yeah. All three of the Albertans in their 20s who have died from COVID-19 had comorbidities. Absolutely. Uh, um, and so it looks to me from the numbers, and there was another number I found, I couldn't find it, that it's... Uh, uh, the people that didn't have it were of that did not have a comorbidity were older, you know, or it's very few. So what we're looking at is it, it looks like cases rising. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, uh, suicide attempts or issues, opioid deaths are, 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 are skyrocketing. I, I personally know people that have lost their job or, or, or at risk of losing their homes. We know that stress leads to death, leads to do, to alcohol mm-hmm. increase in alcoholism and, and drug addiction. So I, I guess where, where I'm going with this is that. Um, this is much deeper than COVID-19. Like, we all get the daily headline of how many COVID deaths, how many COVID yep. deaths, how many COVID, how many COVID deaths. Uh, um, and the reality of it is, is that this is a big, complicated problem, yes. right? And, and it gets into something uh, w- which, which I've, I've mentioned before is utilitarianism. Right? There's a fancy word for saying, if we're going to do something as a society, we need to look at all people and make the decision that creates the greatest goodness to the greatest number of people. Right. Right. So to me, we've got a, we've got a weigh scale. And once they're the weigh scale, these are the, the pluses and the minuses that come from government restrictions and, and forced lockdowns. And on the other side of the scale is here's, here's the, the, the bad and the good from going the other way, not having government restrictions and lockdowns. And once we're all done, if we look at this factually, we, we should be able to society say, I'm sorry, the scales are te- leaning mm. towards restrictions. Or the scales are leaning to, away from restrictions. And all I've heard is COVID deaths, you know, basically. Yeah. But for us, if you and I were premiers or, or, or prime ministers, and we were going to do this job right, mm-hmm. we need to have modeling on COVID and COVID deaths and infections. Mm-hmm. We need to have modeling and predictions on suicides. We need to have modeling and predictions. And these are predictions that can't be for tomorrow. They've got to be like mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30-year uh, modeling yeah. because this could have disastrous impacts oh, on us. Oh, it's going to, economically, this is going to be... It's nasty, man. Forever. Right? You know, uh, um, and so it's, it's not easy. And so to me, and, uh, um, I, I obviously, I, I don't know, maybe I rely too much on, on reading and research, but mm. the, uh, um, the, I'm going to describe something called the trolley problem, right? Trolley problem. Yep. I, I read, told you about it. Yeah. You okay if I read that out? Tim? Do that. Okay. So this is a, uh, a scenario that was created by a philosopher in 1967 named uh, Foot. And I'm just going to read it, read it uh, uh, as, I, I've, as I found it. Imagine you're standing beside some tram tracks. In the distance, you spot a runaway trolley hurtling down the tracks toward five workers who cannot hear it coming. Even if they do spot it, they won't be able to move out of the way in time. As this disaster looms, you glance down and see a lever connected to the tracks. You realize that if you pull the lever, the tram will be diverted down a second set of tracks away from the five unsuspecting workers. However... Down this track is one lone worker, just as, obli- as oblivious as his co- colleagues. So would you pull the lever, leading to one death but saving five? 
to me, when we link that with with uh, um, utilitarianism, mm-hmm. is we need to model these things. We need to actually look at all factors and decide which way we're going to go with this lever, right? Are we going to lock down? Or is that going to, and if we lock down, are we going to save, you know, kill one yeah. to save five? Because that's really where we're at. It's that hard. Yeah. We, 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 politicians, that's where I say, like, I'm getting goosebumps when I'm talking about it. I, I, I don't envy a politician with empathy. Yeah. And true care in their hearts for making a decision. Because no matter which, which might way. might be the yeah, that biggest. Might be, <laughs> is that the unicorn? Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but call that, there's, my, a that. there's a word for no, that. but I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that there's n- none of our politicians care. I don't. I just yeah. don't believe it. Yeah, there's enough of them that well, there's probably a couple that do. Yeah, and they're they're running that lever, man. Right, yeah. and so you go one way, mm-hmm. you might save some some elderly people with comorbidities. My dad is one of them. Mm-hmm. I got skin in this game, right? Like oh yeah, the, mine too. My my, my father in law, heart attack, uh, uh, cancer, and uh, aneurysm. Yeah, he's he's still living. But but and he's over the age of seventy. My father uh, stroke, high blood pressure over the age of seventy. Mm-hmm. I got skin in this game. So what I'm saying, you know, if I come up with my opinion one way or another, yeah. I'm fully acknowledging that. Yeah. Well, you that, have that restrictions might be saving their life this winter. Ironically enough, you have too a lot of kids. Yes. Yeah, you know. and so like to me, if, if I, I'm the yeah. premier and I shift that lever. One might be saying, I, I'm, I'm, I am knowingly going to lose one of them this winter yeah. by lifting restrictions. Yep. But it might be saving my neighbor from suicide, right? Or saving your kids from a potential world that you wouldn't wish your worst enemy to live in. Right. But now, so, if, if we as a society, Tanner, if you and me and all 36 million or whatever people in mm, Canada, if we don't acknowledge that this is a trolley problem yeah. and, and we should be basing it on utilitarianism and we have a scale, folks, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we can't just look at COVID. That's wrong and that's blind yeah. and, and and we're stupid to do it. And Kenny, people die. Yes. <clears throat> like we've been dying ever since we've been born. And people are going to die. That's going to happen because that's what humans do. Um now do we how do I put this? Um there's do you sacrifice like the trolley thing like we mm-hmm. talked about? The one thing that comes into play as soon as I hear that thing mm-hmm. is it will depend on the ideology of the person holding the lever nowadays. Yes, it's it's subjective. So if, it's you easy. know what I mean? So but, that's but you gotta at least wrestle with it. Yeah, but that's yep. the problem is you got one versus five. That's pretty easy. You kill the one. Yes. I mean like anybody that doesn't think that way, I, I don't know. Like, because you don't have time to look at any other details other than mm. I got to pull this lever. Yeah. So I'm killing the one all day long. Saving the five. It's, it's simple math. It's Absolutely. Simple math. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing. Yes. Is what if the five are all black guys and the one guy's a white guy? Now, yeah. what do you do? Not saying that it would change my decision because it wouldn't. But to some people, it would. But for a lot of people, that would change yep. their decision big time. What if all five of those people are disabled and the mm-hmm. one person isn't? What if, you know, yeah, so here are, we go. So now or, ideology. Or they're all 82 with, with three comorbidities. Exactly. And the other uh, one's a young 18-year-old These are tough. Guy. These are really right? tough decisions. But here's the thing is yeah. we don't, as a society, we don't make good decisions. We make ideological decisions. Mm-hmm. And ideological decisions will run you into places that, well, history has proven will happen. But we got to try. 
Yeah, we've got to try. Yeah. We've got to try yeah. as best we can to get down to fact. Yeah, understand. We will always always have emotion, but my po- where I'm kind of thinking is like, I think Elon Musk said he's extremely disappointed in humanity with how how <laughs> irrational we're we're behaving. I think he's a walking computer program myself, but well, and he's clearly a pretty smart guy. Smart guy. This is kind yeah. of a disturbing way to look. But how do we look at each other and say, all I've heard the the, the number of times I've heard each day COVID, COVID nineteen, oh. pandemic counts those four words if you could mm-hmm. count them each day i, I want to swear from the top of my lungs how many times i'm sick of those words mm-hmm. you know the number of times i've heard how few healthy young people have passed have passed yep. away and have, have won this this battle against covid I, I don't know very very little no once once a week maybe there's something yeah. i read the suggestion to it it's an imbalanced discussion and and something else that comes from my brain. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Like that, the, the utilitarianism and, and the trolley yep. problem sounds really easy, but but what is good? What, what is yeah. happiness? You know, how do we measure? Everybody's sub- mm. subjective. But as a society, we can stop and think. Get off the Facebook feeds and let's debate it. And you might be the losing one on the vote in in the room when all 36 million stand up. And I'm okay with that as long as we are acknowledging that there's people dying depending on which way we switch which the trolley. And it too is. I mean, what if you could sit down and elect? the guy that's pulling the lever. Yes. You know, like, there you go. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. People are going to continue to die as long as we're alive. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to die. And, and It's just marketing yeah. the way they die is kind of evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, show me. I want to see how many people have died with and from COVID. I don't know. And like I said, I, I, these are just facts we need to know. Because then if the general public knows, they can say, okay. Yes. You know. Here's my. I'll tell you what I think about it right now. I can't stand any of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a smokescreen. I think it's leading to just the worst things you could ever imagine. But if you want to know the truth, let's get rid of the fucking comorbidities. If everybody yeah. with COVID is dying with a comorbidity, let's get rid of the comorbidities because they're within your control. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like 800 pounds mm-hmm. and you die with COVID. And they had to cut your leg off because you had diabetes and you can't even breathe because they can't forklift you out of your bed in the morning. Was COVID the problem? Yeah. You know, no. And here comes here comes the soft, soft Kenny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which is good. We need a balanced approach. Yeah. But l- let me speak for, for my father's pers- perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, has he been in a gym every day and living on salads? No. And you would say that's a good thing. He should be li- li- living on meat anyways. But, <laughs> but uh, um. How many steaks does he eat every I'm, day? <laughs> I might take a, a mid-road approach like that's suggested by the Great Barrington Declaration is that we should have focused protection. I don't know if Absolutely. we're going to be able to get rid of diabetes and cancer and heart attacks. And, and it might be just a part well, we of could, If we tried as hard to get rid of those as we are yes. COVID, yes, we would. Yeah, but they, were, they suggest we should be doing focused protection. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right? You know, for my dad, it, this is really... Part of me is, is thinking, you know what? I never thought about that because it really is. When you get up in years and you've got a couple of health issues on the go, every every winter you roll in, it could be the flu, it could be bronchitis, but something that puts extra tax on the system is just going to be maybe too much tax. Yeah. And I started thinking about it. I know, I know I'm with you that I, I'm the strong believer that the immune system needs to be taxed and, and, and stre- strengthened, needs to f- go fight wars to get stronger. Absolutely. But I'd be okay with if there was some kind of a, a piece of paper that I could lick that would tell me if I'm carrying COVID or carrying the flu. And once me and all my six kids lick it and it all yeah. says, go ahead, let's go visit grandpa. Because I, I know, I know I, that, that his days are numbered. I just, mm-hmm. 
But that should be your alone. choice, though. It's, but it's my choice. That should be your choice. Yes, but that's focus protection. You yes. know, they talk about maybe in the in the healthcare uh, long term facilities, care facilities, where a lot of these are coming from. Mm-hmm. They're saying maybe we should be uh, uh, protecting them and making sure the healthcare workers have have had it, have had mm-hmm. COVID. You know, the, so that they aren't carrying it in. I don't know the yeah, reasons. I don't know, I don't know the. But the, you know what's interesting to me, and this hit me as well, is that uh, has anybody stopped and asked? The, the, the elderly that have the comorbidities that are living yeah. in these homes, what do they want? We're, maybe we're assuming. <laughs> well, no, that, we are. You know, we're assuming. Like, that's You're, arrogance. That is, is well, that it, is. it's control. It's power. Yeah. It's, it's we sell, we use these people, and I'll read the Nazi propaganda yep. stuff in a minute. We use these people to market it and then just let them go die. Well, it, you know like, what I mean? It's like, like my, my old man, he's had cancer for 23 years. They've removed three quarters of his, of his fucking body to get rid of cancer. And if there's a guy that should be, he has lung cancer mm-hmm. currently, as well as bone cancer, mm-hmm. prostate cancer, and I think every eyeball cancer, I don't know. So um, you got so, skin in the so game he's got, he's got about 47 comorbidities. Now, you don't see him walking around fucking scared. Yes. Right? Because he's like, you know what, I'm probably going to be dead in anywhere from three days to three mm. years anyway go live your life enjoy because you mean you're only here for a certain amount of time I, i'd so really to, like to read that so I'd to like, sit here and be scared for that time is stupid well right the, but it, but it's all about everybody's needs to control you but why haven't we asked them you know the uh, is that uh, uh should we pause for a moment tanner no we'll be good okay the uh because if this is really about what, t- taking out a lot of our, our elderly and our, our sick, yeah. they're important members of our society. Who's to say their life isn't more valuable than mine or is more no, valuable than my newborn son? I don't know that. No. I, that's not maybe not for me to call. It's yeah. for societies to call. Yeah. Well, my, no. But, the, uh, but I think most people, you got to ask them this, is, okay, so you or your daughter have to die today. Who's yep. it going to be? It's going to be you. To you. Yeah, to me. Yeah. So yes. because you've been here longer, you've, you know, we'll had more. a father. Kid comes first. So, yeah, like, ask the old people who's more important. You know what I mean? They'll probably tell you what you think you're going to hear. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, so. And, like, and so to me, it's like, we're, we've, we've bet hard on this. <sighs> and it appears to me, but going, getting down to facts, it appears that this has been to protect uh, uh, them by a majority. Yeah. I'd like to hear, because to me, I'm just, uh, maybe I'm, I'm trying to think with empathy, but in fairness, Oh, I've talked to my dad. Yeah. I know his feelings on it. Mm-hmm. The chan- you, you know how much he wants to spend cancer alone? Come on, man. Like He's, he's yeah. not around for another... F- Christmas? Christmas, I'm sorry. Cr- the Freudian slip Ooh, Yeah, Freudian slip. <laughs> but he, 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 he doesn't want to spend Christmas no, alone. of course he doesn't. You know, like, let's do some math. The, right? the math says we're not making it to 150, right? No. So if you're into your 75, 80, 85, and, you know, I'm like, you know what? If I've only got 3, 4, 5, 10, 12 years left, those are valuable years. And I'll tell you what, I didn't work all my life and raise these children and see, live to see grandchildren to say, don't come visit me because mm-hmm. I don't want to have a chance of dying this year because living to me is locked up in my yeah. home, right? And, and another interesting thing to me is that we look at, like, just not having COVID and having food and water in your body as living, right? Yeah. But there's actually research that says we, we need touch. We need love, right? Well, I believe yeah, there were, were studies... We're a, a tribal creatures sure we are and there, i believe there's studies that have been done on uh, uh orphanages with children who, who lacked or had no touch mm-hmm. and the mortality rates were like something like 30 or 40 percent higher with babies that weren't didn't receive touch mm-hmm. right and there's all all kinds of stuff like if you just do some research on that um human touch mm-hmm. right lowers depression 
right? It, it uh, there's oh, there's one I read uh, read it last night. Somebody was studying NBA uh, mm-hmm. basketball teams, mm-hmm. and and was trying to establish a link between the number of times players high fived, or, oh, yeah. or bumped chests, or or hugged. There was a, a, a correlation yeah, between yeah. that and success. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, so and I mean, I mean, and here's the thing too is I mean, people got to realize that. See, we don't, and I don't know if I talked about this in a podcast before, but. We have no relationship with death anymore. Mm. We look at death as the worst thing that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe here anybody. in this culture. Yeah, that's what we yeah. look at it. So it's easy to sell mm-hmm. the fear of death, right? But I don't know. This to me has shown me I really don't have that fear. Like you said, you said you earlier, you're not. I'm not scared of COVID. No, I'm not scared. Mm. I'm not scared of any of this shit. I'm scared of. <coughs> Of being enslaved. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of not living. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm scared of. But I'm not scared of some, you know, thing that might kill you. Mm-hmm. Every time you walk out your door, you could die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but everybody's just so emotional in there. Like, oh, I don't want to die. I don't want this person to die. It's like, mm. you know, what are you so scared of? Mm-hmm. You know, like. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. We just need to do more of this. Well, just talk it, about it. Exactly. It's like, yeah. you know what? Like, are you willing to sacrifice your life? To not die. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, and what if being socially isolated will actually is, get you, this get you before COVID sucks, does? Man. This is brutal. I don't right? like, nobody likes any of this. Yeah. Like the, the whole thing of I, you know, I hate wearing a mask as much as anybody, but I do this for you. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Shut up. No, you don't. You're doing it because it makes you feel good about yourself to think that you're saving other people. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. But let's stop feeling so much. Mm-hmm. Start thinking and be like, okay, like, what do we know? Like you said, Ken, like, wh- where's the truth in this? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, turning a blind eye to things that are evil doesn't make them go away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just ignore evil, it doesn't go away. It's like the, you know, it's the person that we talked about with health issues. Ignoring them doesn't make them go away. Ignoring, ignoring a financial problem doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. It makes it worse, is what mm-hmm. it does. We're ignoring fact right now and choosing emotion. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is, you know, I saw a meme on Facebook that says that, you know, if I don't wear a mask, everybody's going to die. So it must be true. It's like, no. Yeah, just follow the science, you idiot. Yeah, or, but the other, the other side, too, is, oh, I saw a meme on Facebook that, you know, COVID doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's like, well, like you said earlier, well, well, neither of them are probably true. In fact, 99% of the shit you read every day is probably not true. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, why don't we look at what we know, right? And even like statistical stuff, I mean, it, it's, you, you got to know what, like you got to look at what you actually know. And that takes a little bit of thinking. Mm-hmm. And people don't like that, you know? Why it's not? Like, like, and maybe that's what we, I know. It's forcing me to do that. That's one one of the. Yes. Th- there's a lot of thankful things in my life for for um, being on this podcast with you, Tanner. And, and I, I can't even imagine what, what it's going to do for me over a year. And hopefully, this spins off into the listeners as well. Uh, um, so so now, Tanner, should, should we start diving into um, maybe because because something that we, we got to wrestle with as people is government overreach. Mm-hmm. When is it okay? When is it bad? What are some possible outcomes? You know, uh, um, how, how do we get to where we have these individual rights and freedoms? Are you okay if we start, start yeah. nudging down that path? No, I, mean, I think that's it, a lot of this is leading. Well, it is because my biggest thing is when in the history, and it, this is a true question, 
question I haven't been able to find an answer to, but I haven't really dug too far, but it was just kind of those mental things you ask yourself. When was the last time the government took a freedom from you and gave it back without force? I don't think it happens a lot, right? They've just stripped a lot of freedoms from people, a lot. And we think that they're just going to go back to normal. Mm, History doesn't state that that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So this is my thing is let's it, let's prepare for the worst and hope for the best. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, okay. And how, like, I'm okay going a little bit down the road. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably the biggest nonconformist you're ever going to find. But I'm okay to, you know, if, if me, you know, putting a mask on to go into a store sure. for a few weeks or for a little while just... Because we think that that's going to help them, you know, cool, right? Yeah, so now, so you're, you're saying some government restrictions, for example, yeah, I mean, hey, having if, rules that say you can't drive while you're drunk it, or high. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. That's like, the government needs, the exactly. government does fill a role. There's certain yeah. things that's like, okay, you know, like maybe there is some things that make some sense. Mm-hmm. Now to just strip you of everything that has ever been part of your life and jam you in your house. No, sorry, I'm not going to do that. So that's over, over the over the line for you. Yeah, it's over the line. I mean, it's yeah. you know, let's take the restrict. But here's the thing: I'm not seeing the bodies piled up, mm-hmm. so I I don't think that we're at a part where desperate times call. For, we're we're making desperate measures on what seems to be maybe not the most desperate times. Mm-hmm. But I say that if we continue, so what my take is is let's stop looking at COVID because <clears throat> that's in the left hand. COVID is right here in the left hand. What's in the right? You know, it's like the magician, right? You're sitting there watching what he's doing, but what's happening around him? What, where's the, you know, the, he's going to get to a part where he's going to unveil the trick. Mm-hmm. Why does it work for him to unveil the trick? Because you weren't watching where the trick was coming from. You were watching over here while he was doing something that distracted you from what he was actually doing. And the I'm, government might not might not even know what's in that right hand. They don't. I this don't. might be just natural weaves, like you know, to to where societies can can bob weave and and, and change and morph. Would you agree uh, with that? Yeah, like, no, so, I mean. So you're saying like if if we're all focused on COVID yeah. and and the government's going to grab more and more power and yeah. restrict more and more freedoms, we've seen this happen through history yes. where, where freedoms are, are fought for and where they've lost. Never goes well. Yeah. And, and I, I don't believe there's a handbook that evil politicians you know mail away for and figure out how to. Karl s- Marx wrote one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not saying that there isn't theories out there. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I right? know, that you was facetious. But where, but yeah. where I'm at is that is that the right hand might be doing something else. Absolutely, they might not. It, know. it might be like. Um, well, here's the thing. Let me let me use this yeah. for example. I did something the other day that defended our fearless leader, which I'm. It, it, bear with me. Everybody probably just shut their podcasts off. <laughs> but here's the thing: is the guy that we have in our country as the top dog, let's say, we look at him, like perspective's everything. We look at him like he's one of us, mm-hmm. right? So you're like, why would he do this? He's not. He's never, ever, 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 ever lived a, di- a day in his life that looked anything like mine and yours. Never. That's fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see it. From the day he was born, money has never been anything he's ever had to worry about, right? He's had only the best that money could buy. 
Plus, he was raised in an ideological setting that we already know, right? Fidel Castro had a lot to do with the way his family looked at the world. That's documented. You can go see his mom and dad looking at Fidel Castro like he's a god. Um, and you just, just we just love everything about the way this works. So the ideology that he was raised in is... We know what it is. And he's, he, he doesn't take three minutes to figure out what it is. But here's the thing. If you went and tried to challenge, you know my son, we fight together mm-hmm. all the time. If you tried to challenge my son's values, and he's only 13, he's going to stand for those values pretty hard, right? Because of the place he was raised, the way that his mother and I have raised him, he will fight to the death almost for what he believes is right, Okay. We're looking at the same situation with our country right now. We have a man that's disconnected from reality because he didn't grow up the way that 99.9% of people in this country do. He just didn't. But yet there's this strong ideological thing that he does not think is wrong. Does not think is wrong. So we're sitting here hating even on that guy when it's like he's doing exactly what he thinks is right. If you went back to 1933, right to 19, let's say 45, and you take your little lie detector back in time and you hook it up to Adolf Hitler and you say to Adolf Hitler, okay, do you think that systematically murdering 10 whatever million Jews is a good idea? Do you think this is necessary? He would say, absolutely. He would say, this is what is necessary for my people to be in the best position they can be in. So is it evil if he believes it 100%? I mean, yes, it is. But he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. You know, Joseph Stalin didn't think he was doing... Like, I strongly believe you can't kill 10 million people and know it's wrong. You can't. So so, so what I'm saying is like, you know... If I've used this analogy before, if you, if, if you walk into your house, you and your kids, and there's a rattlesnake in the middle of the floor, well, one of your kids has never seen a rattlesnake before in his life, so he goes to pet it, right? Do you let him? No. You're like, get back here. Get back here. Don't go pet that. That's a rattlesnake. And he's like, well, why, Dad? It's like, look at this thing. It's awesome. It's like, because it's going to bite you and kill you. Well, how do you know that? Well, because history states that rattlesnakes bite and kill people. But he looks at you like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, how do you know it's going to bite and kill me? You're like, well, because just about every other time that somebody's going to do this, they've been bitten and maybe not killed, but severely injured, right? But how do you know that that rattlesnake wasn't going to not bite him? Well, you don't. But what you know is that Rattlesnakes bite people and they're venomous. And if a young child doesn't know that that thing is venomous, you're going to do everything you can to stop him from going to pet it. The ideology that runs a common thread through all of our major wars and just infinite amount of death is that same ideology that we see emerging right now. And it's cyclical. It always comes in because what happens? 
How many people do you know that are alive from World War II? Guy from Marwane just died the other day, 97 years old. There can't be many now. No, weird. Mm -hmm. Weird that soon as all the people that fought that war died, we're like, do you know what would be awesome? A socialist world where we all... (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. It's like, man, we're... We're so fucked when it comes to our brain patterns. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as there's nobody left to tell the story, mm-hmm. we're like, let's go down. Let's go. You know, as soon as the last guy died, the new rattlesnakes were venomous. All the kids want to go pet the rattlesnakes. It's like. Maybe we can delay the bite. Well, maybe you could just bite. open up a fucking book about <laughs> rattlesnakes. Yeah. But we don't do that. Yeah. What we do is they're like, Facebook said rattlesnakes are fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, no, go back and fucking research what happens when you just turn a blind eye because you don't want to look at the emotional, yeah. the disgusting things that can happen to people when a government has too much control. And what, and what, I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that if I'm a listener, I might be like, come on, you're, you're off your rocker town. You're going, yeah, you're going yeah, a little yeah, too dark, a little too fast. Yeah, right? yeah, well, look, yeah. We're in Canada. If, if it's we're, my we're, job, we're, yeah. We're on a mic right now. We're disagreeing with the government in some way, shape, or form, and, and I'm not going to get taken out on the way home. So therefore, Tanner, what you're talking about is, is just pure garbage. Absolutely. But I, That's what people want to say. But I believe yeah. that history tells us that is oppose government restrictions and removal of, of your rights at, at all costs and less... You know, be very, very cautious of it. Be very cautious because it, it, it. This is the way it goes. Is it starts with just, just a right here and a just a right there. Yeah, it's right? very slow. It, it, like Hitler, it took people don't realize they're like the atrocities that happened from 1941 to 1945. Mm. It's like this shit started in the early, early, early 30s. Yeah, like it took him 10 years mm. to get a really strong, and this was 10 solid years of. Yeah. Brainwashing, 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 mm. brainwashing. I mean, people always think that that's just too far out, though. Like, it, but that's what this I mean. Is Canada, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's so not going to happen. You got a letter there, or what? What do you got? There? Well, this is <clears> that <throat> we're talking about. That this is a letter that I found that is, firstly, um, it, it could be a warning, right, about the sleight of hand, so to speak, and kind of what can happen. And um, I'll just read it. All right, I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown as I go as needed. But the the article is called, and this is from from the History Archives, like History, I think it was from the History Channel for their archives or something like that. So, I mean, let's assume, and there has been, like, when I Googled this, I found about 80 different articles that supported this exact same thing. So let's assume this is the truth, okay? okay? (laughs) Because it sure looks like Mm -hmm. it. It's called Covering Up Atrocities and Mass Murder. During the implementation of the final solution, the mass murder of European Jews was the final solution. SS officials at killing centers compelled the victims of the Holocaust to maintain the deception necessary to deport the Jews from Germany and occupied Europe as smoothly as possible. Concentration camp and killing center officials compelled prisoners, many of whom would soon soon die in gas chambers, to send postcards home that they were being treated well and living in good conditions. Here, the camp authorities used propaganda to cover up atrocities and mass murder. So what that's basically saying is, you know you're going to die because we just murdered a bunch of people right in front of you. But 
maybe you won't if you send home a postcard saying that everything here is great. This Auschwitz place is beautiful this time of year. wasn't Auschwitz, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's a very common Mm -hmm. one. So that's what they were doing. In June 1944, the German security police permitted an international Red Cross team to inspect the Theresienstadt camp ghetto located in the protectorate of Bohemia and Moravia, which is Czech Republic. If I butcher these names, it's because I'm not from there. So basically the Red Cross at the time was the global, like, hey, like, let's not make sure we're killing everybody. So the Germans said, hey, come in and have a look around then if you think we're doing this, right? The SS and police had established Theronstadt in 1941 as an instrument of propaganda for domestic corruption in the German Reich. The camp ghetto was used as an explanation for Germans who were puzzled by the deportation of German and Austrian Jews who were elderly, disabled who were elderly disabled war veterans or locally known artists and musicians to the East for labor. In preparation for the 1944 visit, the ghetto underwent a beautification program. In the wake of the inspection, SS officials in the Protectorate Protectorate, produced a film using the ghetto residents as a demonstration of benevolent treatment of the Jewish residents of Theresienstadt supposedly, or that the residents of Theresienstadt are supposedly enjoyed. So basically, they're making it look like a spa, right? Oh, look at, like, we sent all these Jews. The Germans are sitting there saying, why are we deporting all these Austrian and German Jews over into Europe and farther into Europe? Like, why are we doing this? Well, the SS needed to trick the people by saying, well, we're just sending them over there for, you know, just as a precautionary thing, kind of, and just to make sure. When the film was completed, and then what they did is they got all these old people and all these Jews that they they said, hey, we're going to make a film to support this Red Cross thing, to say, hey, everybody's getting treated awesome here. This is a really cool place to be if you have to be here. But, we're, it, you know, everybody's nice and this is all good. When the film was completed, SS officials deported most of the cash to Auschwitz. And we all know what that is. So basically, they're like, you're going to make a movie. We're going to give it to the Red Cross, and we're going to give it back to Germany. What we're going to show the Germans is that we're treating all these people that we deported out of there just beautifully. And they make a movie about it. As soon as the movie's over, they gas the cast. They gas all the Jews that were in the movie. Now... I read that because we should realize how sick people can be, how sick a government can be. We also got to know that <clears throat> when you said that, well, this will never happen in Canada, that's the perfect place for it to happen is the place that it will never happen. So what these people, Germans at the time, everybody thinks, oh, the evil Germans, everybody in Germany was just a Nazi. Most of the people there were just like you and me. And the government's taken all... I mean, this is, you know, 80 years ago, just about 90 years ago, so things are a little different. They didn't have the Facebook and <laughs> the Instagram, and the communications were different. But at the end of the day, all these people were getting sent away, and the Germans were like, what the hell's going on? Like, what are we doing? They knew that there was a war starting, and they knew things weren't... So they're like, hmm, that's different. 
but they were questioning it. What did the Nazis do? Hey, everything's fine. You know, everything, we're doing this actually for your safety, right? That was what they always said. This is for your safety, which might as well be written on every mask that you see out there. And it, it tricked them into thinking that, hey, this is just temporary, you know, no big deal. Let's just, you know, let's just look the other way because I think we're not doing anything wrong here. They were fucking murdering those people. They were gassing them because they didn't fit the ideology, right? Now, my thing with this is <clears throat> why I read this and why it even matters is, one, people don't know that these things happen around here anymore and I don't understand it, you know, like start educating yourself for one. Number two, <clears throat> isolating people because of a health problem is very easy to do, right? So, you know, if the vaccine comes out and you don't take it and you get caught in public and sent somewhere, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I want people to be aware of how easy this can happen. Is oh hey the it's you know, looking more likely than dude it's you know, like it's uh, I could be like Kenny they would be like Kenny we're gonna just take you into this detainment facility for yeah. till we understand what's going on with your COVID problem mm-hmm. why haven't you been why haven't you been vaccinated I'm sorry you, yeah, you can't yeah. shop here I'm sorry yeah. you can't come into this right? hospital and then I'm they, sorry you can't go to go to college here you you don't have the proper vaccinations right? whatever the case may so be. so people yeah. are sitting there thinking oh no we'll never do that I hope not. Mm-hmm. But do we have the capability and do we have the infrastructure and do we have the proper ideology to do that? Especially when, even if maybe people are going into these camps and dying of COVID, right? (laughs) We don't know. Are Mm -hmm. they dying of COVID? Mm -hmm. Are they getting gassed? Because government doesn't want people that don't listen to what they say. It's it's an interesting question. You know what I mean? So ask yourself that. Yeah, it's it's, it's, and and always be wary of of the government. I think we'll we'll get into that. But you mentioned uh, uh, Stalin. (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. you mentioned Germany. Yeah, I think we have to throw in. Uh, uh, is it Chairman Mao? Joe. Right. From well, uh, do you know uh, what CCP stands for right now? Uh, no, it's in the news a lot. CCP. That is the Communist Chinese Communist Party. Okay. Who are in charge right now in China? Mm-hmm. How many people live in China? Like, yeah, I don't know the number. Billion? I know it's a lot, but I don't know. Yeah. They're still called the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Where did this thing start? Where it's like, I mean, let's just back up and look at the facts of everything right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. a conspiracy no. guy, but let's, instead of worrying about your neighbor having his aunt over for Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. worry about things yeah. that potentially could matter is what I'm saying. No, tell it, as, as you and I often do, let, let me spin this to the positive. It might be bit. a good time. <laughs> you haven't ruined my day. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's good. It's good that we acknowledge these things. It's, it's wonderful to have my daughter sitting here listening to this. It is, is it, let's think about what we have here today. What, what did it take to get here? Because we, we, we can see what, what governments and, and, and populations can go very, very south. Like we've, uh, I think the estimates of, uh, of some of those regimes, it might, it might be over 200 million citizens that have been knocked off by their own governments. Yep. Recently, right? Yeah. When we say recently, I mean the last... Uh, well, 1953 is when it stopped yeah, in Russia. This isn't like That's 700 BC ago. here where we're lacking records. This, yeah. is, this is recent. Yeah. Now, you think about it is that what we have right now might be extremely beautiful. You know, we, we might be, you know, experiencing some growth pains right now. 
but we, we have rights and freedoms. We have something called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada. How did that come into existence? Because it says that I have a right to worship any religion I want to. I can vote for who I want to. I can protest. I can move around the country. I can... All these beautiful things. And, and it has not been for very many years of history that we've had these. This is this has took a this was a hard journey to get here, mm-hmm. as we both know, and uh, you know like th- there's no king that decides whether a I'm going to pay more tax or be kicked off my land or have my head knocked off because I I said something wrong. You know, there's no dictator you know telling me what I can or can't do yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? They, uh, they don't um, look like them right now. If they are, yeah. Right, but let's just yep. talk about that for a minute. It's but still free. We're in a beautiful time right now. I I I, I think I think these are kind of we, we've got to be wary, but I think we should also stop and go. What we have is beautiful, and it's worth it's worth protecting. Good it's, call. It's worth it's worth thinking about, right? Because you know, like I I, I, I have the dirt. I didn't bring it into. No, you didn't bring. Your no, dirt. I didn't bring my dirt. Uh, my daughter, look. my daughter who's in here right now. I took her there. Is a lot of this goes starts for us in in in, in Canada and in the U.S. and Britain goes back to twelve fifteen to the signing of the Magna Carta. Prior to that, the king kind of had all the rights. And a group of angry barons finally said, maybe we should thank that king for being kind of a jerk because he pushed these barons to a point to say, you know what, we're ready to put this on the line. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get our armies, going to go against the king. Big risk. Huge. Huge risk. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was 25 barons. And they, they, they cornered him and said, here's the deal. You're going to start to give up some rights. You, you don't have absolute reign anymore. You've, you've been, you're kind of a crappy king, and it's, it's time for us to take some of this back. And he, he, he signed, you know, and, and there's more to the history than that. They, yep. I think he reneged on it and talked to the Pope and the Pope did this, the Pope did that. But in, in short, they signed it a second time and along comes the Magna Carta. And that, that's a, one of our most foundational documents to the start of what we, you and I are enjoying right now, now today, yeah. talking about this, but disagreeing with the government or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's not forget that that Magna Carta didn't give us all rights and freedoms. No. That just took a few rights away from the king. It spread the... It spread the over more people. More, there you go. Yeah. It was a start. Yeah. But if you weren't white and you didn't have property and you weren't a baron, mm-hmm. well, so, sorry, yeah. man. Yeah. You kind of got for you got you got left out of the Magna Carta. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But let's fast forward through this. You know, uh, I mean, I know democracy goes back to you know the, the Greeks and the Romans. You know, maybe 500 BC. But Magna Carta, that's 1215. So we're talking about 800 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Is my math right there? Ish. 805. 800. Yeah. So 800 years ish to get to where we are today. Right, and then we had to go through some growth pains, like we had, uh, you know, the French Revolution, right, yep. uh, uh, May seventeen eighteen or in late seventeen hundreds, right, where they had the they had the different classes as well. They had the king and the nobles, and then the everybody else, normal Joes and Janes like you and me, mm-hmm. right. And they they took that king's head off and took the, <laughs> the queen's head off, if I if I understand correctly, and then power vacuum, and I think twenty thousand people were beheaded. If you even yeah. smelt of power, you you got your head knocked off, right. Um, uh, American Civil War, right? Big one. Oofta, yeah. uh, we're talking 1861, 1865. That not that long ago. Not that long ago, right? We all know what one of the primary purposes of that goal was, was uh, slavery. Excellent. If you had a wrong color of skin, man, you were you were closer to being a cow or an asset than yeah. you were to being a human under the eyes of, of the, the powers that were there. Absolutely. So, so, and then we come along, we've got Martin Luther King, and we've got, you know, Canada, I, I looked it up, and I hope I'm right, so if, so, if there's somebody's a better historian than I am, which I'm certainly not a historian, but uh, I, I want to look at it because I have two daughters and and I'm like, how long in Canada, 
friendly, old, loving, kind Canada. You know, my, my research tells me that my, if, my, if I was, my daughter was, uh, if this was 1914, she wouldn't have been able to vote. Right. Right? So 1916, the woman got the vote yeah. in, in Canada. Uh, again, my research tells me uh, First Nations in 1960, 1960 they, the first time they were allowed to vote without giving up their treaty rights. Again, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But 1960, man, like this is... And, this that's, is and, and what you just said there needs to be another thing people understand is what did I say? Government doesn't usually take away power and give it back. Yes. But they will barter with it, right? So they write the treaty. Yeah. So up until 1961, a, a native or a, an Aboriginal, whatever, whatever First you Nation, prefer sure. to be First Nation, they could vote as long as they signed over all of their rights. That's my rights. understanding. That's right? my understanding. And yeah, if anybody can correct that. Sure. But isn't that just seem so ominous to today as well? It's like, oh yeah, no, you can vote. As long as you sign off all the sign over all the rights you have to your treaty, yes, right. So you can see though, like, like on a trend, yeah. You know, from American Civil War, slavery, yeah, abuse of First Nations, right, to today, to where under the law we're all equal under our yeah. Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Right. There's no section of that Charter of Rights and Freedoms that says except for if you're this color, yeah, yeah, or if you're this religion. Mm-hmm. So we trended up. Yeah, I right think so. now, are we going to continue to trend up, or are we plateauing? Are we going to start sliding down? Because everyone, mm-hmm. as we've seen through history, so now uh, um, I think it's important for us to all know what the Charter Rights Freedoms. I got to say, uh, I have an interest in this. I traveled to Runnymede, England, with my daughter, and ran through a field. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, it's we we sweated. It cost me two hundred dollars for a cab ride just to get out to this field where Magna Carta <laughs> was signed. Just to grab a handful of dirt. And I have an interest in this. I've, I've read a little bit of the Charter Rights and Freedoms, but not a lot. Yeah, like, I didn't even lot. know what existed. Exactly. But, yeah. So so you can see we're part of the problem. <laughs> we need to know that. We need to understand what the Charter Rights and Freedoms are. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we need to understand is that by them telling me that my dad and mom have to stay in their house and can't come to my house for Christmas, they took away a freedom. They mm-hmm. restricted freedom. Government took some freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now... I think for us as people, we got to know what right and freedom did they take? Mm-hmm. And how do we as people decide whether we're going to allow them to get away with that or not? Mm-hmm. Right? We just, uh, or going back earlier in our podcast, we've said we're okay if the government restricts you from being high or drunk from driving. I, I, I'm okay yep. with that. Yep. Am I okay with them locking up mom and dad and saying they can't come to my house for Christmas? I don't know. This is up for debate, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to answer it differently. But they took away a charter, uh, some yeah. rights and freedoms. And if it's up for debate, it should err to the side of freedom. 100%. You know what you I mean? Bang on. Yeah. And, and so there's something, I've done a little bit of research into this, is that there's actually case law that tells us how do we as a society decide whether they're fair and restricting right? Because you err to the side of freedom and be very cautious mm-hmm. on what we allow them to take. Or what even the government should be cautious as to what they do take. Right, is yeah. they should be. They should. And so there's something called the Oaks test, mm-hmm. where there was a case law that went. I think uh, uh, Oaks was a, I believe it was a hair into heroin. He had some heroin of some kind, but it doesn't matter. We're not saying that the heroin's the 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 the, the issue to debate. It's that, that became case law as to debate what is is a good test to say it's a government is okay here to restrict something in our charter rights and freedoms. Yeah, and there's a test, and I, I won't read it all out, but I believe the case was from 1986. It's uh, R versus Oaks. Um, and, uh, well, it, part of the Oaks test is that, for example, the provision must minimally appear the charter right. It must limit as little as possible or is within a range of reasonably supportive, supportable alternatives, right? So it's kind of saying, like, if you're going to take a right, 
take as little as possible. Yep. Right? And so to me, that's something we need to understand is this Oaks test. Where is the mm-hmm. Oaks test? What case laws before our courts right now? And how are they going to answer that? Are we being reasonable by by saving five, what do we have, 596 deaths, but we're mm-hmm. costing a lot over here? Right. You know, like, is this going to satisfy the Oaks test? And I'm really, we need to understand where is that case law? We should be going and traveling in courtrooms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit in a courtroom. Well, as yeah. soon as I find out what case is, I want to go sit in that courtroom because this is pr- this is foundational to who we are, and the fact that blacks and First Nations and people like me with Irish and Scottish mm. descent and people that weren't from kings and queens were f- were free and were equal. Yeah, and, 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 and we can't let this go. This is beautiful. We can't let it go. No, and freedom is a. I've watched the thing about this. It's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you choose to be enslaved because of emotion, you will be, and that's what a lot of people are at. They want to be. They want to be. And that's scary. You know what? what? They They want to be enslaved by something. You know, they don't want to free think. They want to be thought. It's funny. Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta the other day, did a, I I, I mean, I don't like politicians for the most part. Um, And there's a lot of things I don't like about him. But he said something the other day. He's like, you know, when they wanted him to go full lockdown, he's like, I've taken enough of your freedoms away, is what he said. I've already went way beyond what I should do as a politician, and I'm not willing to take any more, right? He's like, I'm not going to put you into economic suicide, both uh, literally and figuratively, by stripping you of freedom. It was very refreshing to hear. Now, does does he mean that? I don't know because I don't trust any of these guys. But at the end of the day, if he does mean that, that's awesome. Yes, you know what I mean. Like 100%. that's where that's where we should look at it. Is I'm not here as a government to control your life. That's right. Here to shouldn't be. govern. Yes, the infrastructure, the roads you drive on, the the police that protect you, the military that you know is protecting you overseas, the the currency. That's what a government does. Government yeah. doesn't shouldn't tell you how you should think. Yes, and, and right? some else. I mean, I got I got to stop saying his name because he's had a big impact on me. But Nassim Taleb. Uh, talks about, uh, uh, again, be, be wary of following the advice of people who aren't exposed to the, the negative consequences that they're wrong, <laughs> right? And so if we think about it, you know, we're out in working, working person's town, Lloyd Minster. Mm-hmm. There, there's no legislature here. You know, we don't have any, you know, doctors that are, uh, you know, standing, you know, from the pulpit preaching that we should lock down. Yep. We should remember that these people have full paychecks and their power's increased. So they've got more power. Huge more value in society, they've got more stage time, mm-hmm. right? And they ha- they still have full paychecks, right? And they're telling the, the working class... <laughs> who doesn't work. Who doesn't, who's losing their homes. <laughs> yeah, how they're going to live Lacking their food in their fridge, that this is for the good of us all. Trust us on this yeah, one. trust me. I don't know, man. Anybody that tells you to trust them, <laughs> don't trust them. You know, and, and but if somebody... And that's maybe where I'm lacking trust, actually, is that is uh, um, using utilitarianism again, is they, I don't hear a lot of debate where, th- like, I don't see them up there with tears in their eyes saying, I know that people are dying of suicide today yeah. because of lockdowns. That but we saved two, we did train yeah. trolley, right? We're not going to go back. Yeah. But my point is, just remember that, is that the people who are giving us the advice well, are in a bubble. I'll use, have you ever heard my Hutterite colony analogy? No. Okay, so Hutterite colony is the most communist thing you're ever going to find in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? They're a commune. Yeah. Commune. Mm-hmm. Ist. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost like there's a... So the idea of communism, if you're in a... And I'm not saying we're communist yet, but what I'm saying is we're, you know, let's be careful. Um, is the idea of it is awesome. You're not saying Hutterite colonies are bad. No, I'm saying it's awesome because I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Hutterite colony resembles where 
our minds and where everything develops. Yes. Right? So they have, like, what is there? Maybe, I think the, the number is yeah. up to 250 or something like that. Malcolm people. Gladwell? Is that what it is? Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell? Are you, t- yeah. are you referring to Malcolm Gladwell? Up to that many people can isolate themselves and share the same value and live their life in, a, in communism, right? So in a, in a Hutterite colony, just for the people out there that don't know, they're a farming community, Christian community is what they actually call themselves nowadays. They don't call or Fort Pitt. Fort yeah. Pitt as. Oh, I, I thought I that they all, all did. I don't okay, so. either. No. I know that the Fort Pitt one yeah. does. So basically what they are is they're a community where from, I know the early stages, they didn't, you didn't get a paycheck, let's say. Mm-hmm. But what you got was a house, you got food. And all you did was you went out and you worked. So there was the ones that worked in the sheep barns, the ones that worked in the cattle barns, the ones that worked out in the fields, the ones that, you know, cooked, the ones... Everybody had a job, and they didn't get paid for it, but they got paid for it with community, Mm -hmm. right? So basically, you were part of something. You were part of this huge group of people that all worked towards a common goal. And then all that money that was generated from this farm that was external to what it took for them to survive they would then use to invest in more land and so that they could build their 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 mm-hmm. commune. Well, here's the thing, though, is the, the head guy, the guy that ran this Hutterite colony, so would be their king, let's say, and I think it's actually more of a committee, Yeah. but let's just say that there's a couple, whatever, uh, people in power. Well, those people had to still live in the colony. Yes. Right? So if starving everybody in the colony seemed like a good thing for you to do to gain more power, well, you would starve as well. So the people running the Hutterite colony, the communist colony that they have, would die with the people if they made bad decisions. They they got skin in the game. Exactly. They were part of the... But here's the problem. Now, let's just take Canada, for example. 37 million people or whatever, and the leadership is nowhere to be found in in that, you know, they aren't, I just said it earlier, they're not living the same life you are. Yeah. So if a leader isn't in the exact same position you are and hasn't been, you cannot fucking trust them because they have no perspective on reality. Where the guy from the Hutterite colony is like, okay, I'm going to do what's best for the people because it's what's best for me and the people. Yes. What a politician does that uses this system is like, house money, man. Yep. I've got all these slaves. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I've, I've heard a reason this way, Tanner, is that I, I've done some work for the for We grew up with them. My mom yeah. was a, was a awesome. teacher assistant up there, and, and uh, we're, I would call them family friends. And I, yeah. really, I really have a lot of respect for them. For for the the yeah. colonies, and I, I, I want to join. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's the hell out of here. I remember looking. I, I thought so too because I got to say, when, as a youngster, I'm the oldest of six kids. I was a little bit socialist in my thinking. I was like, yeah. why don't me and all my brothers and sisters just take over a quarter section? We'll just build a house. We'll have it paid off in no time. We can all one can grow cows, one can grow. Cow. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool concept, and I've heard uh, a writer, I can't remember what book it was, where they said communism at its at its family level is actually a good thing, but as you move up get less and less communistic. And as you get to yeah. a government with many people, stay, stay far, far away from it. That yeah. has to be... And, and, uh, um, and when you're talking, is that if we're linking the, the skin in the game? I think you talk about when you mentioned 250. I've heard Malcolm Gladwell says yeah. that uh, there's a tipping point. There is a tipping point. Because, like, I mean, it's a tribal... Yes. We lived in 
self-sustaining tribes for yeah. majority of human yeah. evolution. And once it gets too big, it well, starts getting inefficient. Well, then what you do is you split. What do hunter eggs do when it gets yeah. too big? You go build another colony. Because they're smart. Exactly. They, and then do they just build another they one. They didn't do And then you build yesterday. another one, right? Like, sure. So it, it's a very effective thing. But that system is terrible for government. And, and you know what? Terrible Every, because they can't control these guys. Two must-reads to me. And I've had my kids read them. I don't... Uh, Tori, have you read both? Animal Farm and 1982? Got to read them. 1984, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's it's because what you're saying is that, right? Isn't that you got to read Animal Farm? Animal Farm is about a, a two-hour read. Uh, George Orwell, 1984, have to read it. Have George Orwell, yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to know what's going to happen next, go yeah, read Yeah, and you're saying George that uh, they start off, these, yeah. for, for listeners, is they start off, the farm overthrows the owner. The animals overthrow yeah. the owner. And they're all equals, and it's all a lovely, gentle place. And, and, and they start off by saying all animals are equal. Yeah. Well, where it ends is that it's all animals are equal. It's just some are more equal than others. <laughs> the pigs end up living in the house, drinking wine, eating yeah. fine foods, and everybody else is out starving out in the... Yeah, right? because the pigs become yes, the leaders. They, they become... Yeah. yeah, because like you say, they, 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 aren't, awesome they aren't living in the same home. What you're saying is the Hutterite colonies, they, yeah. they're, they're living in the same home. They're eating the same food. And yeah. what, what helps and hurts the, the manager helps and hurts the, the, the general laborer yeah, as well. We're all in I, it that's together. my understanding. They're yeah. all in it together. Um, so Tanner, like I, to me, a little bit is... Uh, is I don't think we should have a, a conversation on, on this without talking for a moment. Uh, I think we're on uh, Alexander Solonitsyn. Solonitsyn. Yeah. Right? So he's a fellow that, that wrote Gulag Ar- Archipelago. Yeah. Um, uh, I have it beside my bed. I haven't finished it, but I've, I've grabbed the uh, some points from it. Mm-hmm. He's a person that uh, uh, experienced firsthand the uh, the totalitarian rule in Russia. Right? He, so he saw the, the, the nastiness. Yeah. And, and I just grabbed a few things that he said. This is somebody who did have skin in the game, who saw it mm-hmm. and, and wrote on it. Some things that he said, unlimited power in the hands of limited people always leads to cruelty. Yeah. The old, he, uh, uh, he says, look for the brave in prison and the stupid among the political leaders. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, speak the truth. Remain skeptical of the justifications for state power. Right? Th- those are all wise statements. And, and we should view every government restriction on our rights with extreme skepticism. That's wise. Mm-hmm. To, to, to justify it with some lovely little, this is just for the betterment of you. You know, this isn't hocus or pocus this here. this is temporary. This isn't Ken and Tanner off yeah. in like no. nut, nut land here. This is history speaking. And so yeah. I think as we people, I think you also said, uh, uh, how do societies go corrupt? It's, it's one little sin at a time. Right, it's, it's like you say. It's, but it but we're, we're like that. Yeah, too. but it wasn't. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like all of a sudden Germany was perfect, and mm-hmm. the following morning no, on no. the Monday it took a while. This this was little chips away at the at the tree yeah. trunk, right? And sometimes you give it, and then you take it, and then yep. you give it. And you know what I mean? Like uh, this is a. Uh, so so now the the uh, um, I'm kind of wondering, like in conclusion, is what do we do? Well, and do you want me to read this? Because I have a. Yeah, I'd this. like you to. Yeah, this, so the gulag thing. Yeah, this is going to be. This is the last time I'm going to go dark. Okay. <laughs> and then, Which is good. And then we'll go light. Sure. All right. But yeah, like you bring up. So here's another thing. I've had this conversation lots, obviously. Yep. Trying to ruin everybody's day, like I said. <laughs> but I've, I'll say to people, well, have you, have you heard of the gulag? And they go blank. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like Stalin? Blank. You're like, holy shit. Like, really? You know, yeah. and, and it like, like. Gulag is a camp. It's an acronym in Russia. I, Russian. I can't even start to begin to pronounce what the Gulag was, or Gulags. You could, there were camps that 
actually Lennon created, but he created it more. So here's the thing, and be aware of, you know, what, what, what Lennon did, if anybody that doesn't know, and go learn this because it shows a very easy pattern to follow mm-hmm. for our common sit- or current situation is Lennon wasn't a... <laughs> There's a lot of people that say he was terrible. Lots of people that say he wasn't so bad. He followed Marxism, right? So Karl Marx. He wasn't Stalin. Yeah, he was. But here's the thing. Lenin, even when he turned over the country to Stalin, said, Mm -hmm. don't turn it over to this guy. Mm -hmm. He's fucking crazy, right? Nobody listened to him. They're like, oh, no, this Stalin seems like a pretty good dude. Great mustache. Away you go, you know, kind of thing. And uh, But when he, before... Lenin was gone. They, they they built these camps called the gulags, basically, which were camps where they would send criminals. Like it, 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 there was some. I mean, you got to think this is started in the in the uh, like thirties, twenties, thirties, something like that, and then continued on. So at the time, that might have seemed like a good idea. We obviously would think nowadays not so much, but we also have history to look at for some people. Um. Anyway, so these gulags were created, but. Stalin comes along and he's like, this is awesome. Perfect. Because he's just, he is a communist pig, as, you, as the 1984 novel would would um, yes. state. Um, anyway, this is called gulag prisoners. So this is, just gives you an idea how these things work. Um, the first group of prisoners at the gulag mostly included common criminals and prosperous peasants known as kulaks. Many kulaks were arrested when they revolted against the collectivized against collectivization, right? A policy enforced by the Soviet government that demanded peasant farmers give up their individual farms to join collective farming. So give up all your stuff. We're all in this together, right? Just give your farm up, give all your stuff up to the government, because we're all in this together, right? When Stalin launched his purges, a wild or uh, sorry, a wide variety of laborers known as political prisoners, were transported to the Gulag. Opposing members of the Communist Party, military officers, and government officials were among the first targeted. So they went right after their own... Mm-hmm. They went after the people, like the high-end people that were opposing Stalin, that everybody trusted. So all these people that you trusted were the first to go. Well, didn't uh, get my my state from Solonichin there. Right. right. Look for the smart in jail. Exactly. Yeah. Later, educated people, ordinary citizens, doctors, writers, intellects, students, artists, scientists were sent to the gulag. There we go. So now let's get rid of people that develop culture mm-hmm. and that and are think. leaders and can think. Reason. Let's get rid of them, you know. Anyone who had ties to disloyal anti-Stalinists would be in prison. So basically, you know, if you had a podcast... <laughs> yeah, this, said, could, this could be our... Yeah, uh, like, I mean, I, <laughs> if there's going to be a camp, yeah. I'll see you there It's been again. nice knowing you, Tatter. But you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the way it was. Anybody that had any proof that they were anti-Stalin mm-hmm. was going to the camp now, mm-hmm. right? Every woman and... <clears throat> Every woman and child endured, you know, sorry, even women and children endured the harsh, harsh conditions of the camps. <clears throat> Many women faced the threat of rape or assault by male prisoners or guards daily. So this isn't just the men you're sending. Mm-hmm. These are women and children, right, that are going to these camps. Why? Because the government doesn't like them. 
Without notice, some victims were randomly picked by Stalin's NKVD secret police, which would be, you know, it would be just a wing of his police service, but they were kind of the thugs, right? And hauled to the prisons with no trial or rights to an attorney. So by they got to the point where it was like, we don't like the look of you, go. Sure. Right? That's how much power he had. Now, <clears throat> like I said, this stuff is history and... You know, we all need to be aware of it. But start to even learn history and then start to tie it to where it would make sense today. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so my biggest concern, and then we'll go into some light stuff, but why I say these things is there's a platform being created right underneath our feet right now with this COVID-19 bullshit that is a... F- if, if Stalin or Hitler had COVID-19 platform to work off of? I don't know, man. This would look like a different world. They had to kind of build this thing. They had to use prior entities. You know, Stalin had to use what Lenin created, blah, blah, blah. But they had, you know, it's like being a race car driver driving a golf cart. Stalin and Hitler made it work. Mm -hmm. Right now... You have a goddamn Ferrari sitting here that, if in the wrong hands, can make this shit look like child's play. You have the ability. You already have people. You've divided. We all hate each other right now, it seems like. The left hates the right. Mm-hmm. The, you know, blacks hate the whites, and the whites hate the blacks, and the blah, 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 blah. We just hate each other. Mm-hmm. What supported this, a lot of the gulag, a lot of the guys sent to the gulags was reported by, like, it was these rich farmers and, you know, these people that were high-end community people were reported by the people in poverty because the people in poverty were like, well, it's his fault. Mm-hmm. It's that farmer's fault that I'm like this. So get, they would report the guy. They would send him to a camp and kill him and his family because some guy in poverty didn't like the guy that was doing good. Mm-hmm. George Orwell, nineteen eighty-four. Right, and see, that's yeah. the thing: is now, is capitalism a perfect system? I don't think so at all. But at the same time, it's like we sit here trying to save all these lives when those same damn people will be the other. Well, they'll look the other way when you go to the camp because mm-hmm. they'll be like, "Well, he didn't listen. He should have followed what we said was right." And then those people are going to look the other way, and away you go. Because that's as what. As long as it's not me this time. Exactly. But it will be you eventually. Because it started off as, like, if you're the person that's like, well, I, you know, these people that are against vaccines or against masks, I mean, you know, they're a public health risk. So maybe they should go and learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. A lot of them might be thinking that way. But guess what? If you want to call me that guy, because I kind of am a bit rebellious when it comes to mm-hmm. that stance. And I, if, if this is going to all happen, I hope I'm one of the first ones out. Um, but they're coming for you too. This doesn't end, you know? So don't think for a second that you think you're the one that's not going to have this happen. It's going to happen to m- most people until somebody comes and stops it. So what I'm saying is we are sitting in, there's a, we're sitting on a powder keg right now. And we're just sitting there firing matches at this thing. There's, you know, have a look around at some facts. It's not good. But it could be great is what I'm saying. So go to the light side. Mm -hmm. If people decide right now, if we all decide that we want what's best for people, not for 
not for finances, not for money, not for government, not for ideology, but what's best for freedom of people, we still can fix this. Sure. We have to come together. We need to stop yelling at each other on social media and we need to stop, you know, thinking that you're right and the other person's wrong, you know, because let's face it, neither of you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I've been pretty anti-liberal my whole life, right? And highly conservative my whole life. But again, too, is like I said, this isn't this simple that, you know, they talk about these, you know, this social reset and things like that where they'll eliminate money and blah, blah, blah. You just go look into that. It's a little bit, mm. it's a little bit of a conspiracy, but it's also not. Go, Jason Kenney has a good talk on it. Says, it's not a conspiracy. They talk about that that's what they want to do. But here's the thing is everybody in this town hates their job. You know, mm-hmm. they, a lot of these or people, a lot of people, maybe, but a lot of people, sure. A lot of people can't stand their job. They can't stand what they do for a living. They can't stand working. They can't stand blah, 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 everything. And then they take that stuff away from people. So it's like, you know, in, in February, I had people coming into the coffee shop being like, you know, it's the old, Hey man, how's it going out there? All oh, just another fucking day in paradise, you know? Mm-hmm. Got to go to the, go to work and fuck, uh, I hate everything because I got to go to this job. By April, they're sitting in their house saying, wow, they took away my job. Mm-hmm. This is fucking stupid. I mean, you can't just take yep. it. It's like, but dude, you hated your job two months ago and now they take it away. Now you hate the fact they took it away. So do I think that there's just, you go straight capitalist? No, I mean, there's some holes in capitalism. Sure. Man. We need to find a better way, I believe. Now, is it to go in the exact opposite direction? No. But I think as people, it's like anything. And I think what we need to do as a group of people is just sit there, take a fucking breath, and stop being emotional is a good place to start. Yep. And just be like, okay, <laughs> what does everybody want here? Mm-hmm. We want to be free. Humans want to be, well, I think we do. Yeah. Sometimes it shows we sure the hell don't, but I think I want to be free. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go work out at a gym, like mm-hmm. crazy things like that. I would love to go for supper with some people that I care about. I would love to have my cancer-riddled father over for Christmas for maybe the last time. You never know. You know, I want those things, and I want, you know, but it's, I think most people do. It's just (laughs) be careful. Be careful what you sign up for because... At the end of the day, man, it's like we can get out of this. And I think that this, like I'm seeing for the first time in a long time, I'm starting to see it. People are starting to be like, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm even seeing like hardcore, staunch left-wing people and even some right-wing people that are starting to look a little more center, just a little bit, you know, and they're just like, okay, well, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not prevalent. But if you look deep enough, you can start to see the needle move. Now, oh, that's, your, that's usually when the government comes and smashes everybody. Maybe. But if we're at least prevalent, or at least, I'm um, sorry, if we're at least aware of what's going on, yeah. instead of just aware of the emotion, like, yeah, yeah, f- <laughs> yeah, you're emotional, good. You know, congratulations, it's 2020 where emotion is capital, right? Emotion is money nowadays. The bigger victim, the bigger the paycheck. But if we can just look at it and say, like, okay, what, wh- how far are we willing to bend and not break? And it's like that thing. It's like you can poke the bear and we're the bear. You can poke it a bit. 
But at some point, we need to step up and smash if we have to. Going back to something you said there is, I, I think uh, once Churchill said something along the lines of, uh, there is, there, all, all governments are bad. It's just some are, <laughs> some are less bad than others. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Right? So maybe capitalism, democracy, it's, it's, it, it has its holes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, but it might be the best we, we, we can do. Jam us all in groups of 250 people spread yeah. across the whole world, and we'll all be happy. <laughs> yeah, even then it won't be perfect. You can't tell me perfect. that there's not yeah. well, then you're good, But at least then you get to fight the other tribe. Yeah, true. At least you, then you're fighting with your brothers yeah. and sisters. But, but what I think, Tanner, is, is uh, maybe maybe to start winding it up, is yeah. is that uh, I think we're in agreement on this, is that are, are we in a beautiful place, all else considered, when we look at the, the last few thousand years? Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think we're still good. Oh, yeah, we're good. I- I'm not a king. Yeah. I- I'm not a noble. We're doing this. Right? I- I'm not... Uh, Which is, yes. you know, for the for the most part in human history, what we're doing right now, yep. not cool. I chose who I was going to yeah. marry. Yeah. I decided what I was going to study at university. My, yeah. my kids get to play what sport they want. We, we, we can go to any church or no church. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, it's still a beautiful place. Those are, what it's I just said, good. though, that this is an anomaly in, in recent history. Mm-hmm. Even not a recent history. We're, we're thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And maybe what we're saying is let's get informed. Let's, let's, let's shut the phones off and, and sit down and talk and debate and get down some facts. Shut the emotion down. Turn the emotion down. Turn up the, the fact-finding. Time mm-hmm. to turn the brain on. Yeah. Do some, do some thinking. Uh, get it. Read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Read, read in history what, what's happened when people gave up their rights and freedoms. Go, grab a book, you know, or, or grab a podcast. Go find a historical podcast. Yeah. Why not? You have to actually. It's, it's your onus as a citizen, to, you know, because we're all in this together. We and we're us as a society is going to decide where are we at ten years from now. Are we clinging to this beautiful thing that we have right now of individual rights and freedoms, or, or is it going to start taking a dark path in our lifetime? I don't know, but we it sits on our shoulders. And uh, what else would I would I say? You know, m- maybe um, really, if we're going to jump, be careful you don't jump into a camp. Don't go camp A, camp B. And <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about something else. Duck camp. But I, I think if, if we're in disagreements, like if you are for shutdown, I'll change it back to the other way. You, you would not be for shutdowns. Let's say you are against government restrictions and I'm for. Mm-hmm. we got two choices here from my, my point is we can agree to go as far as we can into our camp, convince a lot of our followers to jump in with us and, and join the team that's ready to take up arms. Right? This isn't far-fetched. There's people in the U.S. right now, they're talking about taking up arms over the U.S. election. Of course this, they will. This isn't... Um, yep. So we can either all draw our swords from our sheaths and mm-hmm. say, let's go at her. I'm for... But let's, let's take a th- minute and just say, think of all the emotional things that have crossed our paths just over the last few years here. Uh, uh, climate change, uh, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, COVID, uh, Biden-Trump... Uh, to me, the, the, we seem to be waving more. We seem to be more volatile. Well, and, yeah. and so to me, let's go like this. Where we are in, in, in history is a very special place. Let's put, the, let's put the swords in the sheaths. Let's sit down and talk like people and debate on facts and what's good for all, utilitarianism. And, and I, might, I, I might win the odd vote. I might lose the odd vote. But, yeah. but I'm, I'm willing to do this, and I will stand firm on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms because, damn it, that's important. Yeah, we were. A lot of so, people. So maybe we should be focusing on protecting our Charter of Rights and Freedoms and start debating like we love each other and we care about each other, and, and, and we can either decide that this is going to go down some dark, dark paths or we get to hang on to this special thing of individual rights and freedoms for just a little longer. Absolutely. You know, I think it's maybe the only And I think... I think that's about all, Tanner. It's all yeah. by, I, I have to say on it. I, I, no, and that's... I mean, it's... Just realize, too, that... that you just named what three, four things there. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID, Biden, Trump, yep. uh, Black Lives Matter, climate change. Yeah, 
whether or not any of those matter to anybody, those are wedges that were intentionally driven in between people yeah. because otherwise they wouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been that way. Mm-hmm. There would have been a democratic approach to it saying, here's the facts both ways. Mm. They, they, so back up for a minute and just look at things for what they are. Like today, go home. There's, you know, if, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're on either side or not, know that the media is not necessarily true, right? Like... <laughs> If, like, you look at one side of the... You can, the United States is a perfect example right now with this election thing. It's like, if you go on the underground, if you want to say... Like, you can go on, say, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, video upon video upon evidence of this election fraud taking place. And then you look at mainstream media, they're like, Trump's an asshole. Look at him. He won't even concede this election. What a piece of shit. It's like... What about all this evidence stuff that, like, why aren't you guys talking about that? Like, does that not exist? Right? And I'm not saying that it's either for or against. Could be truth, could be lie. Could, but why isn't the mainstream media saying, okay. It's a debate. Here's all the evidence. Here's what we think as, you know, here's the left-wing perspective. Here's the right-wing perspective. Let's make a decision for what. So if there is election fraud happening, let's find out and get rid of that shit. Because mm-hmm. that is that that is the that is how rocks the foundation of what well, that's how that's well. how you get dictators into yep. place. Like Hitler got in through mm-hmm. a coup, and mm-hmm. that's well, Tanner. It looks like yeah. we're, we've got um. I mean, we've got to pull a few strings to get this all pulled together because uh, uh, um, of various things. But the uh, I think a good place for us to start is as long as we can pull this together with our constitutional mm-hmm. lawyer that's going to come on. How do we yeah. protect our charter rights and freedoms? Yeah. How, what is the Oaks test? Wh- wh- why is this important? You know, so I think that's maybe where we'll move to next. Is it? Yeah. No, like I think that I think we both got kind of our. I mean, this podcast. I think we both decided took a different turn all of a sudden. You know, it was the mm-hmm. war on weakness, and we were looking at our physical health, and anyway, those are still highly, highly important. But I think right now is people need to. I think there's a platform here for people to start asking themselves, well, "What's actually happening here?" What's yeah. the actual truth in that? And like you said, we're going to have the, the, the lawyer on that mm-hmm. deals directly with the charter. Yeah. And to me, like, but this is still my war and weakness, is I was weak in my understanding. I'll, tell, I'll throw myself mm-hmm. on the bus. I was weak in my understanding. I knew of Stalin. I knew of Mao. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really put it together, like all the little growth pangs we, we had to do to get here and how special this was and how few years we've actually had these individual rights and freedoms. The charter, I'd actually never read the charter from front to back. You know, yeah. so, so I was weak. In that, and, yep. I, and that's what this is just as important as physical health. It might be more from a society's perspective or a historical perspective, because if I'm healthy or unhealthy, that only mm. affects me, Absolutely. my children. But whether we together. as a society are healthy, that that could affect millions. Maybe this is even more important. So it's not that this is all we're going to talk about, but this is this is our no, time to to, we're gonna try to, to no longer be weak. It, it or gave to, us a you know what it, it there's no I've always been the kind of guy that needs an enemy. Yeah, always right, and I think a lot of people like that. They might not Maybe. look deep enough into their dark soul to find it. But I think you, f- you function better when there's an enemy. I just find, like, you know, it's like, you know, like I've seen it here, in here all the time. It's like people like to work out. But if they're faced with diabetes or yeah. something like that, fuck, they really like to work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? All of a sudden they're, they're getting after it because there's crisis. an enemy. Crisis right? might, might bring action. Exactly. Well, it does. That's mm-hmm. the way we are. We're, we're lulled into complacency until there's something. Yeah. Well, this is good. Now we, we have something to go after. Sure. And we also have something that supports... 
you know, everything I've been saying about being weak has been magnified in this whole thing. Yeah. Everything I've been saying from day one is like, if you're weak, you're going to fall. Like, you know, you'll yeah. fall for anything yeah. if you've been a victim your whole life. Yeah. You know, so this is the thing is now we're faced with something where it's like, it's time to step up as people and say, okay, mm-hmm. good. No, I, maybe we, this we, is good. Like maybe COVID oh, is wonderful. So for me, I, personally, I, I won't go deep into that right now, yeah. but uh, I actually found out I had a little bit of mental weakness, actually. You know, COVID yeah. brought that on. Uh, um, uh, I found out that I was kind of weak in, in my history and, and, and teaching my kids. Yeah, we'd been reading George Orwell and this yeah. and that, but we didn't understand exactly why it was important. So I'm okay. Uh, maybe this is good. Maybe COVID is good yeah, for us to society sit down and say, no more motion. Let's just talk and let's stay united. That's yeah. really, really important. So this might we might come out of the stronger town. Oh, no, we another well, we'll come out of it stronger or dead. Yes. Which sure. what else? Like being sure. That's awesome. Okay, Tanner. Well, I, I think that's about all. Should we uh, sign off and call her a day? Yeah, you betcha. Awesome. Thanks, Tanner. Appreciate okay. that.